Welcome to the Candid Christian Podcast, a weekly conversation where we candidly explore the areas of life that Christians often shy away from. No topic is off limits because I believe that God has something to say about every area of our lives. All right, that's enough talking. I'm your host, Kamara Dorsey. Let's jump right into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of The Candid Christian. I am so, so excited for our special guest today. His name is Marcel Johnson. He is a transformational public speaker. He's a transformational life coach, and he is also the host of the Freedom Experience show, and he's born and raised in Pittsburgh. So I'm excited. I'm excited because Pittsburgh has some great talent, some great just creatives, and they're starting to come out the woodwork, and I'm excited about what God is doing. So how are you doing today, Marcel? Man, first of all, thank you. I'm so honored to be on your show. You're doing an incredible job with covering stories and highlighting people and their gifts and purpose. And I'm doing incredible. How are you doing? I'm I'm well. I'm well. Now now that we're here, we're on this call, y'all. The devil tried to fight us. The Ooh, devil he tried did. To fight he us. did. He did. But he lost. Like but he lost. And we're here. And, and I'm excited. Um. So if you just want to go ahead and tell people a little bit more in depth about like yourself and what you do. Yeah. So first of all, my name is Marcel Johnson. I'm like uh, my sister said, I'm a transformational public speaker. So I do, I'm, I'm just a transformational speaker in general, but I do it publicly. I'm a public speaker. So that's the reason how I came up with that title. I also do life coaching. Life coaching came and developed out of a, out of basically speaking on stages and people saying, you know what, I need to spend one-on-one time with you because what you're saying, I need to really get that embedded in my spirit. So then God had me just uh, create a life coaching business. And then from there, you know, I have an organization, multiple organizations. One of them is called um, Kingdom Kids Worldwide. And that's a philanthropy work I do in the city of Pittsburgh where we give back to homeless people. We do homeless drives. We do violence prevention stuff. We do everything around just helping it in, in, in embodying the embetterment of the city of Pittsburgh. That's what we do with the homeless drive. And then... Um, Last year, I created Global Transformations. Now, Global Transformations is special because I'm an entrepreneur like so many other people, but I feel like a lot of the times, like my sister, like myself, we get unnoticed and people kind of don't know the things that you're doing. So God said, you know what I want you to do? I want you to start awarding. So now I create a award ceremony where I give awards away to entrepreneurs in the city of Pittsburgh, who's really making a difference in our city and impacting basically the earth with the kingdom, that's global transformations. We unite and bring entrepreneurs together. They're not jealous of each other. They build each other up. And then we basically just highlight each other and uh, get connected. And then my favorite thing that I do is called the freedom experience. I have my very own show where I bring people on, like my sister, where we talk about entrepreneurship. We talk about childhood traumas because I'm a life coach and I've been in school and I went through the whole process and I've been spiritually developed for it. We talk about the traumas, not just the mental, mental and physical, emotional, but the spiritual traumas that happen that kind of meets the regular person's eye. Where like, if you go to therapy, they might miss it because of the spiritual element to your trauma. So we do that kind of on this show, but I do it in a lighthearted way. So I'm always smiling. I try to wear bright colors. I try to be excited. And I also have people who are like rappers and singers and dancers and artists, like people who are using their gifts. And that was created just out of the desire to see people who are hurt, 
get healed through their testimony. The Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. So I like for people to share their testimony so that other people can get healed from it and they give representation for the people at home. I also like for people when they come on, they leave feeling free. They'd be like, bro, like I feel so much different. It was like, I took a weight off of me. And then also people who have music and gifts who never used it or never had a platform to share their music on. I have them come on here and sing for the first time, rap or share their music that they've been doing for a while. And basically just to create a space where people can feel free and people could just feel like they're accepted as their self. We love them people, we build people up. And uh, we ultimately bring God glory through just doing what's already happening in heaven. We just do that on the earth and it brings God so much glory. But I hope that wasn't too much. <laughs> It was just enough. It was just okay. enough. And I'm just, okay. I'm, I'm glad that people will be able to hear like what it is that you do because you're doing so much and it's yeah. necessary. Um, people, people need to see that black men are out here. Come on. Loving God, serving God and walking in their purpose. So it's, just, it's important. So I'm glad that you shared all of that. Um, so what we're going to be discussing today is obedience to God. And yeah. when I reached out to you, you know, I was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about, you know, you know, figure it out. I'll ask God what we want to, what he wants us to talk about. And I prayed, I'm being serious. And I prayed and he was like, obedience to God. And I'm like, sure, whatever, you know, uh, whatever you yeah. want to do. Um, and so I reached out, Marcel said, cool, let's talk about it. And so that's what we're going to do today. And yeah, so for- kind of just getting into it from your perspective, what is obedience? Because I think it's important that we define what obedience is, because I feel like sometimes, especially I'll speak in like the United States, some people are like, oh, I don't know. People don't see obedience in its true meaning, in its true life. Yeah. So kind of what what is obedience to you? Uh, well, first, I used to cringe at the word obedience because I just I'm a rebel at heart and anything you tell me what to do, I want to naturally do the opposite. And I think that I had a misconception of what obedience was, but I came to discover that real obedience is really love. Obedience is really love because Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So I realized that obedience is really God's love language. And he says, like, if you love me, you'll obey me. And then once you obey me, then you'll really see what true love really is. And love isn't easy. Love sometimes, you know, I know they say it's patient, it's kind, but sometimes it's enduring, it's long suffering. And that's where people have a hard time with obeying God because something doesn't feel good to you right away. There's not that instant gratification. But if you can, for the sake of the love we have towards God, if we can really get past our feelings to obey him beyond our feelings, then we tap into another level of love with God. And then you're able to really receive a deep love from him because it takes for you to obey him to kind of have a deeper understanding of the love he has for you. And I think obedience has a misconception with uh, around the term control. Like mm-hmm. people feel like you're obeying me, you're controlling me, then I'm telling you what to do. And a lot of times the reason why we don't want to obey is because we're fearful. We feel like what you want me to obey. I don't believe that's what's best for me. Mm-hmm. I think that I think is best for me and obeying you will be going against what I feel like is best for me. But if you think about it and if you realize like, what you're telling me to do is what I want to do anyway. It's like if I get a full course meal and I say, you know, uh, go eat. It's like, sure, I'll obey you because that's something I want to do anyway. But when I tell you to do something like, you know, don't eat, you're like, what? Like, that's where it's a problem because I'm hungry. 
but I know that by you not eating, you're going to like maybe be healthier. Maybe there's a disease coming upon your body. And I'm telling you, don't eat because in some way, some shape or form, your body is healing itself. And I know I'm going to heal you, but you're just thinking, I got, I'm not looking out for your best interest. So I think obedient is love and trusting that like God loves you so much that what he's telling you is really looking out for your uh, best interest. And then you just obey him. You know, it's not easy, but you get there. Does that make sense? It, it makes perfect sense. And I love, love, love how you said obedience is really just love, right? It's just love and action. And when you really love someone, that's something that I had to learn. It's like when, when you really love someone, you actually find joy in doing what they're asking you to do, right? And exactly. so it's less about like, oh, you're trying to be controlling and you're just a tyrant. And it's more about, yep. hey, I actually really love this person and I enjoy right. their presence in my life. So just by default, it's going to be easy for me just to you know, do what they're asking me to do. So yeah, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, and sometimes God calls us to do things we don't really want to do. You know, like Abraham in the Bible, God was like, all right, you know, you had this son when you were like, I don't know, how old was he? Like a hundred something years yeah, old. Like, or something. Yeah. Or a hundred or something. He was super old. Right. And God's yeah. like, all right, you know, here's your only son. Now you're going to sacrifice him. And Abraham's like, bet. You know, I'll uh, sure like I'll do it right. Like I'll do it for you, God. And so right. sometimes God calls us to do things that we don't want to do. He calls us to go places where we're like, why do I got to go there? I don't like them. Um, and we're not excited about it. We're not passionate about it. Yeah. Has this ever happened to you in your life? Like, have you ever had a situation where this happened to you? And how did you respond to that? Yeah, to be honest, I think when I was a kid, God kept giving me visions of me being on TV. So I felt like, oh, I'm going to sing, I'm going to act, I'm going to dance, I'm going to do something like that. And then as I start becoming a teenager and I started learning about the Illuminati's and all the people I would have to have sex with and all the blood sacrifices, I was like, oh, negative. I'm throwing that whole little dream away. I'm going to just go be like a counselor or do something along the lines of helping people. And uh, through that process, I did a bunch of different things. I became like a jack of all trades, but I came around to photography and I was doing pictures of people and videography for weddings and pictures. And I bought like green screens and cameras. And one day God was like, I want you to start going live on Facebook. So I was like, but I like to be behind the camera. I'm not an in front of the camera person. And he's like, but that's the reason why I want you to be on camera because you're not an on camera person. And I'm like, Man, so I had to be obedient. Now, mind you, I'm from the hood. So like growing up, I've always tried to stay low key. I tried to like mind my business, just get my money and just get through the thing. Even though I wasn't really killing people, I wasn't really doing all that stuff that hood people really do. But like all my friends is killing each other. Everybody is just around me is doing that hood mentality. But because I was raised like differently in my house and then also I was taken like out of the out of the country or I was taken on vacations a lot so I got to see the best of both worlds so I knew as a kid I wanted to do something different than what I was around but so I was different but I was still from the hood and I still had that like keep it G keep it low key keep my business off the you know what I'm saying the internet so now I'm like I gotta talk about God on the internet so then God was like yes so I started doing it and I was just obedient to that. And then what was crazy is I already had the cameras and everything because I was doing it the other way. So God tricked me. Like, had me <laughs> it and I was like, man, I don't have no excuse. I got everything I need. But after that, thousands of people start getting saved. My, uh, I had something called Freedom Fridays on Facebook for like five years. 
And every Friday I will go live. I mean, consistently for years through everything. I will be, you know, I was in college, I was working and I was still going live and I was take time and like study, put a whole little sermon thing. But I just said in my own way, but I mean, thousands of people from all over the world. I mean, I went viral several times and uh, it wasn't until 2020 when my dad died that that account got shut down some type of way. Facebook shut it down some weird way and I had to rebuild everything from the top. And it just like, that's how the freedom experience came about. And I just kind of like put that like, okay, that chapter's done. But then like a whole new chapter, but I had to start over with like eight people on my page and I had to start all over. But that was obedience. And even starting all over was obedience. Cause I'm like, it's cool. I'll just do something else. Again, I know how to be, I know how to be impactful without being online. And I feel like God's like, but I want you to be online because I want you to reach billions of people through media. So I'm like, got you. Mm. Mm. That's good. That's good. That part about starting over after, oh. <laughs> after you already did, after you already did it, you was like, I didn't even want to do it in the first place. <laughs> Listen to me. Oh man. That's it's difficult. It's traumatic. It could be a trauma that I have to be like, God, you caused the trauma. Now you got to come and heal the trauma. Like, this is crazy, but it's his plan. But what I love about God is that like, what the devil meant for bad or even what I meant for bad, however, he still turns around for good. Like, I'd be happy that I obeyed what he said. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And so I don't know when you became a Christian or if, if you grew up in a church or not, I'm not sure. But when yes. you, when you began to get like deep in your relationship with God did you struggle with obeying God was it like oh like if God asked you to do something little you were like oh sure and then if he has to do something big you were like <laughs> that one like what was that process like when you began to really get deep in your relationship with God of like that balance with obedience Okay. I grew up, I didn't really grow up in church, but I got baptized when I was eight. I did like Sunday little like Bible studies periodically. My mom would take me to church, but my granddad, I used to tell people that I went to his Bible boot camp because I used to sit down and my granddad make me watch sermons for hours and then pause it and ask me questions. So like he trained me up in like the word, but uh, I think when I was about and I used to go to my grandparents' crib like every other weekend or, you know, a couple of times out of the mall. So I learned about God at a young age, but I didn't really grow up in church. But what I had to discover was a relationship. I had a relationship with Jesus very young. Uh, I would say 12 years old is when I think it really got serious for me because I heard I, something clicked for me whenever he said something about heaven. And he, I remembered heaven. And I remember like, you know, you'll live. When I was a kid, I used to love this show on HBO called Happily Ever After. And they had all black characters and stuff. So when, the, and I saw, I used to think like, man, I wish I could have a happy ever, have happily ever after. And when I was like 12, it clicked like, hold up. I'm really going to have a happily ever after. Like, this is wow. So from there, I just started talking to God more, Jesus. I got really deep in my relationship at 12. And it was easy to obey God with things that, like you said, it was easy. I didn't care about. I still would like learn and stuff, but when it came to things I didn't want to obey God for, yes, definitely a struggle. But the beautiful thing about that is like, I think my relationship with God came from a loving place. Like I wasn't church and I wasn't church hurt or nothing like that. I got introduced to Jesus and God as like loving. 
is like accepting, is like forgiving. So I was, a, even to this day, I'm a little bit more lenient towards disobedience than probably your average Christian because I have the mindset and the understanding of the love that he has for me. So it's almost like a spoiled kid that knows like my dad's for me. He'll be cool. I'm drinking his pop or he'll be okay. I'm about to take his keys. I'm about to, you know what I mean? I'm taking this $20 that's in his wallet. And I had to learn to mature from being like, even though he has grace for me, that doesn't mean I need to take advantage of his grace. And it's really just this sign of immaturity. So now I'm at a place where I have fun with obedience because it makes me feel good. Like I know that I'm pleasing you, but I feel more mature. I feel more uh, responsible and faithful over what you gave me because I'm obeying you. And you're not, I know that you're not going to punish me if I don't. And see, it's like I had an understanding at a kid, even if I don't do it, you're not going to punish me and you're still going to love me and accept me. So why do I do it? But it's all like, you know what I'm saying? But there's a Bible verse that he taught me years ago that really has transformed my mind from that is uh, it's the love of Christ that brings people to repentance. Yeah. It's not God's judgment. It's not his evil wrath. It's like his love for me was just like so overwhelmingly good that it's like, I just want to obey you. Mm. Mm. you know? That's good. And I love how you touched upon like um, the grace part where it's like, some people are like, oh, you know, just God, he just loved me so much and he got so much grace for me. So I'm gonna just keep doing what he told me not to do. And I think even the Bible touches upon, I think it's the apostle Paul when he says, well, should we keep on sinning so that grace would abound more? And he's like, don't no, don't keep on sinning like grace is there don't keep sinning just so you can have more grace like that's not really what the point of that is just God's grace is just there because he's just gracious that's just who he is that's his character and so right. I yeah and I just think it is important for people to know that's like don't don't abuse you know, God's grace. You know what's crazy is this it's like God is so graceful and you're right don't abuse his grace but what I learned more than anything is like what you sow is what you reap mm. and his grace really shows up with not accepting you and loving you and forgiving you because that's just who he is his real grace shows up with not allowing for you to reap the harvest that you really should have reaped from the disobedience that's where real grace shows up see i love you and i accept you no matter what because you're my child and you accepted jesus so i'm going to accept you that's like a foundational grace but then when you're sinning and when you're doing stuff that you know you're not supposed to do, there is something coming back to you that you really can't handle unless mm -hmm. I intervene and put grace even over that. So I had to learn like, dang, I thank you just for the grace you're putting over this situation. So let me just not even put those seeds out. Let me start sowing new seeds so that, you know what I'm saying, your grace could come to me in a better way. And grace isn't just all about um, sin or forgiveness or uh, acceptance is also about just like the empowerment to do something that you couldn't do without. Mm. So I know for a while, like I even was, I smoked weed and I drink and stuff like that. And I didn't really feel like I could stop. So what happened was I had to keep praying and asking God, I didn't know back then to help me. And one day he revealed to me when I was a teenager that what you're really asking for is my grace. My grace comes in and it lifts something up. It makes it easier. I tell people the way I describe it to my life coach clients is it's like you're bench pressing 500 pounds, but God is holding. There are so many new and exciting things happening over here with the Candid Christian Podcast. And one of them is merch. 
Yes, I decided to create a merch store because people were asking about hats, hoodies, shirts, stickers, all that jazz. And so I thought, why not? It's about high time that I created a merch store for the people. So you can go over to CandidChristianStore.com and check out all the merch. And there will be exclusive designs that will be available one week and then the next week they'll be gone. So it's best that you get it while it's hot, get it while it's available so that you can rep the brand and show more people all about what's going on with the Candid Christian and the conversations that we're having as a fam. So I'm super excited. Once again, it's CandidChristianStore.com. Check it out. Share it. All right. Back to the episode. The way I describe it to my life coach clients is it's like you're bench pressing 500 pounds, but God is holding 400 of it. And all you got to do is lift up that hundred. He makes mm-hmm. it real easy, but he still allows for you to participate. So that's like his grace for me now. Like, God, can you help me do this? And then I know he's helping me because it's easier than what it should be. It really could be harder, but it's easier. And I know like that's where God's gracing me at. Now, if you're trying to do something and it's extremely hard and you're sweating and toiling, then that means that you're like doing it outside of grace. You're just trying to do it yourself. And that's whenever you just got to stop and get back to the basics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the shout up in this room. That's that's so good. It's so good. And it's so important for people to notice stuff because I just feel like on Sunday mornings or on Wednesday nights when people have Bible study, people aren't talking about this stuff. They're not telling people, yeah, like there's, you need to sow the right seeds because just the truth is, it's it's the law of sowing and reaping. And so when you reap sin, there's a harvest of death. And so it's just like, you can't just be going around just, oh, sowing your wild oats, doing whatever you want to do and expecting, (laughs) and expecting that nothing's going to happen to you. That's just not how that happens. It's just a principle in the world it's just a law that happens it's just a universal principle and everybody exactly. worship, people be worshiping the universe and i'm just saying it's like god created the universe and he put principles inside of it yep. and human beings has just discovered certain principles in the universe and it works out for them whether they believe in jesus or not but at the end of the day even the children of god are subjected to the universal laws and god can yep. intervene for you but it's the, it's like not natural that's not they will be like a supernatural event if he intervenes and he stops something that natural should happen that's that's that on that that's that on that um I want to ask so as a Christian man because I'm a woman so you have the male's perspective and I really want to hear this because I think this is very important so as a Christian man why is it important to obey God like what are the benefits to obey God like as a Christian man the benefits to obeying God is getting a better understanding on how much you're loved. I think like the more, cause at the root issue, everybody was created for these two things to love and to be loved. And I think we're all, we're doing all this stuff. We're even creating stuff and we're starting businesses and we're doing all of this stuff. And we think it's to survive. We think it's to do all this stuff, but really it's just, I just want to feel loved and I just want to really give love. So at the end of the day, whenever you obey God, then you get to feel like you love God. And what happens in that, God loves us first. But when you feel like you love God, it's just like any relationship with a husband and wife. It's one thing if the wife is always loving on a man, loving on a man, loving on a man. But when that man turns his heart and starts loving on his wife too, that's like an unbreakable situation. Now you're in like a love flow state in which you were created and designed to be in. But if you're just cheating on your wife or if you're just cheating on your husband or if you're just disobeying your husband and you're just not in a space of like trying to be with him or whoever, 
I feel like at the end of the day, you're outside of that love flow. You're not in that mm-hmm. love flow. But when you obey God, he says that if you love me, you obey me. So I love this part too. There's something about that Bible scripture. He says, if you love me, you obey me. But really he's saying like, it's not like if you love me, like uh, you have to make yourself love him. But he's saying really like, when you love me, you'll obey me. Mm. Like he's saying like, not like if you love me, you'll listen, obey me. He's like, no, when you truly understand me and you truly like, when you really love me, then you automatically will obey me. And I think the benefits of that is just really seeing a deeper reflection of who you are, why you're here, what you're supposed to do. It's like everything just comes into alignment as you obey God, because you have a better understanding of who you really are, because he's a reflection. We're a reflection of him. Hmm. My goodness, you you just got the 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 gems today. Like it's just so, <laughs> it's just it's just so on point. I know so many people are gonna listen to this and be like, "Bruh, what?" Like it's just so eye opening, and it's just it's just helpful to hear, especially young Christian people talking about these things. So yeah. we got the benefits, but. What are the downfalls of refusing to obey God as someone who follows Jesus? Because if you don't follow, if you don't follow Jesus, then you really have no, you don't really have a concern for why you should obey God or listen to the Bible, right? Because you don't have a relationship with God. But as a follower of Christ, what's the, what's the detriment of disobeying God? I think like, like you said, people that don't know Christ, they don't really have a moral compass, but I always tell people like, you know, inside what's wrong, you know, you shouldn't just walk into that store and steal that thing, or, you know, you mm-hmm. shouldn't just shoot the person in the head, even if nobody told you that you just know instinctively what's wrong. So people that don't even believe in Christ still have a certain line of like obedience to God. But I feel like um, the downfall of not obeying God is a, at the root of it, a feeling, because, you know, as long as you're on earth, you're always around God because you're living, breathing, and moving inside of him. He's here now. He's in the ground, the trees, the phonies, and everything. But whenever you disobey God, it almost, thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit gave it to me. I love him so much. He said, when you disobey God, you step out of fellowship with him. If you're never out of his presence, you're out of his fellowship. See, obedience allows for you to have access. It's almost like if me and you, a brother and sister, me and you are best friends. And if you're like uh, respecting my boundaries as a brother, as a friend, and let's just say I have a mansion, I have pools, I have everything you like, and I invite you over, you're having a ball at my house. You got the chef, you're chilling, you have access to me because now we're fellowshipping. But let's just say you do me wrong, you betray me, you do something, then you're outside of that space, even though you're still my brother, I still love you, I'm never going to stop being your brother, but now you're outside of fellowship with me, and you feel it. So it's just like, God's like, obedience puts you into fellowship with God, disobedience brings you out of fellowship, and then you don't feel right. And most people, when they sin, they run away from God, but God is saying like, when you do me wrong, don't leave the mansion, come back come back and knock. Let's talk about it. Don't leave my house. Come back, sit in a room. Let's talk about it. I forgive you. I'll help you. But most people feel so bad that they just leave and they want to stay gone. But it, it disobedience breaks that fellowship. And I feel like it's okay when you disobey God, but don't stay there. It's like, go back because we all fall short of the glory daily, but go back to him, talk to him about it, ask him to forgive you, get back into that place where you're in fellowship with him because disobedience automatically, even me, if I sin or if I do something that I just know is wrong and it can be the smallest thing, it can be a thought, it just almost puts like a guilt trip on you where you kind of feel bad about doing something, but I'm past that. 
but like normally people just feel bad. You know what I mean? Like people go out on Saturday night and they feel like you know, I'm not going to church the next day because they feel condemned. But certain people will still go. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But yeah, I just like disobedience breaks you out of fellowship with God. Mm. That's good. <laughs> that it, it is. It's just it's just the truth. It's just so good. And then you like what you said. Then you just go and you want to hide. You're ashamed. That's what yep. we see. It. It's in the book of Genesis. It's in the very beginning. Okay. As Come soon on. as they broke that fellowship with God, they were like, ooh, mm, gotta go, <laughs> gotta run. Like, <laughs> like, don't know what else to do, right? Except for run away because you feel ashamed and you have, you now have the knowledge that you broke that fellowship. You kind you yes. broke that covenant that you had with, with your friend or your, you know, whoever that person was. And so. And it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. When they sinned, they hid from God and God's yep. like, we're. He knew where they were at because you're in my garden. But it's like, where are you at? And I'm talking about where's that fellowship? Where's where that? You at in your, where you yeah, at? In mind? <laughs> where are we at with this? Like, why do we not? And it's just like, oh God, I'm hiding from you. And it broke the fellowship. Before that, they were fellowship. It said that God came down and he walked amongst them in fellowship. But after that, it broke their fellowship. And mm. Jesus came back to bring that intimate fellowship back to God. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about love and obedience. And so I want to know, and you're in like from your experience in your life, how has your love for God shaped the way you live your life? Mm. Um, okay. How my love for God shaped the way I live my life is it gave me a foundation of perseverance. It gave me a foundation of relentlessness. Mm-hmm. It gave me almost like a bulldog, lion, just whatever great growl, whatever thing is like unmovable, unshakable type of foundation where it gave me the understanding that no matter what I come up against, it will always fall and bow to me. Like, because it's like, you're not really bowing to me. You're not really falling to me, but you're falling to God. So it's like, it gave me a sense of confidence to know like, no matter what, I'm going to overcome it, period. That's just what it's going to be. Or I'm going to die and go in heaven, which I still really overcame it. And then it made me uh, see things from a perspective of like God's perspective. I think my love for God gave me the ability to see out of God's eyes. And therefore it's like, I don't judge people. I accept people. I love people because I'm looking out of the lens of love. So I have a confidence that's like, unbreakable truly and then I have a and this doesn't mean I don't get insecure I'm definitely I was well today like I look right I mean it's still there but I'm saying like that insecurity that really stops me like even if I feel insecurity or fear it doesn't stop me I keep going and I persevere through it but uh the other thing is just like causing me to look out of the lens of love and then I'm able to see the truth about something it's like there's no I filter it through judgment, my own perspective, my own thoughts. And I see it from God's eyes. Like, God, what do you see? And then when he shows me, I'm like, oh. And then I usually help people do life coaching or like whatever the situation may be. But it taught me really how to love people from God's perspective. And it taught me to have like an unmovable, unshakable faith that gets things done. Wow. My goodness. And I, I feel like that that just go, it just goes back to the obedience. It really does. Right. Because like you said, you could be insecure or you could just kind of have like these things that you're like, I have all these flaws, like what's nope. going to happen. But right. like, if you are willing, right. The word is willing. If you're willing and ready to obey God, he's going to, he's going to wash that away for you. Period. And so, yeah. 
Yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, what was the most difficult thing God has asked you to do? And mm-hmm. in terms of how did it shape the way you lived your life? Difficult, most difficult thing God has asked me to do. Um, hmm. Most difficult thing God has asked me to do. He asked me a lot of things. I'm trying to think like most difficult. I don't know. Uh, one of the things I could say is like, whenever my dad, dad, I'll use that. Whenever my dad, dad, he, he had a house and my dad throughout years, where well, he had many properties and did different stuff, but towards the end of his life, he started losing properties and stuff. And he had this one house, he kept it. And he was always like, that's Marcel's house, that's Marcel. And I would just be like, I don't want that house. Like, you know what I mean? I'm cool, bro. Like I'm living in my house. I'm paying rent in my crib. I'm straight, I'm cool. And then whenever he died and the house had, before he died though, there was fire damage to the house, water damage to the house. The plumbing was messed up, the electrical work. And when he died, I was like left with this house. So now I'm like, okay, I'm going to sell this house. So I was going to sell it, but God just would not give me peace about it. So then I was like, well, I'm going to find, um, not, it's like not instructors, but people like, um, what do they call it again? People who fix uh, like the contractors, contractors. I was like, I'm going to find contractors. So I was looking and looking, looking. And then I had a dream of my dad and he had a tool belt on around his waist. And he said, son, you ready? And I was like, in a dream, like, hmm. but I automatically knew, am I ready to fix the house up? So God asked me to leave my house. That was nice because it was like, I can't afford to build another house up and leave my house. So move out of my house, move into this abandoned house that basically was deplorable and re-fix it up. Just the basics, the water damage, the flooring, the roof, the electrical work by myself right? Because I couldn't find no contractors. And I know how to do a couple things, but I'm not Bob the Builder. That's not my thing. And YouTube and learn everything and go back to Home Depot over 300 times and spend a year and a half rebuilding a house up and then decorating the house. I didn't even think about having to do the, the groundwork, the rebuilding, and then decorating and then putting all the stuff in it. But then God turned it into a content creating studio house where I'm at right now with my show, The Freedom Experience, able to literally push out world changing content. So it was the hardest thing I in the midst of my dad just dying and me being in the house that like he used to be in. And I'm like, oh my God, like that was, I don't even like my mind literally was like kind of break, like going crazy in the midst of doing that but once again i just knew whatever's in front of me like has to eventually fall mm-hmm. and it fell and now i'm like on the other side of it like okay god but that's probably like one of the hardest to date things i've ever had to deal with on top of just like my dad dying suddenly like i didn't know he was going to die he just died and it was like i talked to him the day before and i said dad i always pray for you but today i want you to pray for me god just let me to do that but I will say two years prior to that, I used to take him to the movies a lot and have deep conversations. For some reason, God was just having me do all of this. And then a the day before he died, I was like, dad, I want you to pray for me. So he prayed over me. He's like, son, you know, you're the one, you're the chosen one out of everybody. Uh, you know, you're going to do some incredible things, but you know, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. And I'm like, done. You don't want to travel no more. He's like, no, I'm just going to stay here, cook my chicken and have my company. And the next day he died. And I was like, Wow. crazy and I'm still like mentally 
catching up to what happened because I was so physically active. I wasn't able to mentally really grasp everything. So now some days I'm be praying and I'm praying for my dad, like God, and thank you for my mom. Thank you for my dad. Thank you. Lord. And I'm like, hold up. Okay. So it's like, that was so hard for me, but yeah. on the other side of that. Yeah. Navigating the day by day, but also like yeah. your obedience is also about like carrying legacy, right? Cause you could have been like, ma'am, I'm really going to find somebody to buy this house. Cause I don't want it. But right. It's about like obedience to your heavenly father. And then like the, the honoring the legacy of your earthly father. And I think that's very beautiful. And I respect you for that. Cause you could have just said, no, nah, God, I- I'm off that. You feel me? Yeah. Like that's, that's not even what I'm about to do. That's just too much. <laughs> Facts. So. And you know, crazy you say that it was like, God told me like, you know, more so like one day I was really like just having a rough day. And he said, you know what, son, I need you to do this. Not even for your dad, but for me, he's like, because your dad prayed to me and asked me to bless you with this house. So I have to answer his prayer. Even in death, I'm still a faithful father. So I still want to like answer his prayer about you having this house because my dad was going to lose his house many times, but he just like kept fighting for it. Mm. And God's like, you know, for the sake of me being a promise keeper to him, I'm asking you to help me keep my promise to him. And I'm like, God, wow. hey, God. and I just did that. And obedience, man, obedience is literally the key to everything. It's, it's literally life changing. Yeah. You know, it's so, it's so scary, but it's really worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying our conversation. We're about to come to a close. And so I really just, I just have one last question. Okay. You're very strong in the gift of encouragement. You're a motivational speaker, life coach, as well as a, you know, philanthropist. You're out here, you're out here doing big things. Um, (laughs) So what word of encouragement would, would you give to someone who has been having a difficult time obeying God? Mm. Uh, Okay. So first I would say that it's okay that you have to be gentle with yourself. You know, in life, a lot of times we're always getting pointed at and you always feel bad about you because internally, you know, you're doing wrong. But I want to say the first step is to like, forgive yourself, you know, forgive yourself. And then second thing to say, you don't have to be perfect, but do better. Just start one step at a time, one area in your life, you feel like you can work on just do, you know what I'm saying? Work on that. Forgive yourself, be gentle with yourself. But I would say truly, go to God and ask him for the grace to obey him. God wants you to obey him. I would say, go to God and say, God, I desire to obey you in this area. However, I just need the grace, the empowerment. I need the the zeal, the want to, the energy to be able to really do this, to obey you. And then do it from a place of like, if God gives you that grace, you'll actually obey him. A lot of times, ask that and then it's like I'm not really you know and there's it even gets deeper than that even if you don't want to stop something you could say God can you give me the desire and the grace to want to obey you you know I don't even want to truly obey you I really don't mind disobeying you so can you help me to want to obey you can you give me a bigger perspective about this thing that like I'm okay with being here but help me to see what you see so it's like I just say be real with God I say, always go to God and be real. Tell him, listen, I don't want to obey you. I don't really see the the, the privilege or the, the blessing in obeying you. I need you to give me the grace to want to obey you and then give me the power and grace to do what I want. Because first you got to want to, then you need the grace and the power to actually do it. And then if you slip up, you have an issue or you fall, give yourself grace 
know that God has already seen you from the beginning, the middle, the end, and he still accepts you. He accepts you the whole way through. He's not letting go, but he wants you to obey him so that you can actually see the blessings around you. It's like your life opens up and you're actually able to see what he created and desired for you to have when you obey him. But when you disobey, it's almost like you're cutting yourself short. So don't cut yourself short, you know, obey God and see the blessings right before your eyes because they're all around you. My goodness. I, I'm, I ain't got nothing else to say. I don't have nothing else to say. I'm done with you. I'm done with you, man. <laughs> you said all that needed to be said. I'm so thankful that we were able to have this conversation today. So before we close out, can you just let people know how they can, I don't know, follow you, get in touch with you, or, you know, your website, anything like that? Yeah, so you can go to marceljohnson.com. My name is spelled M-A-R-C-E-L-L. People always be putting one L in my name. It's like two L's, marceljohnson.com. And then you can follow me at, it's probably on Instagram too, Marcel Johnson or Kingdom Kid. It's K-I-N-G-D-M. So it's Kingdom without the O and then Kid, K-I-D, spelled with an extra D. So K-I-N-G-D-M, K-I-D-D, Kingdom Kid. And then MarcelJohnson.com has it all. You'll find all of that there. Cool, cool. All righty. This is about to be bomb. People are going to love this. It's going to be amazing. So thank you so much for taking your time out just to chat with me. And yeah. We out. We out. Thank you. Peace out. Here at the Candid Christian Podcast, we're more than friends. We're a family. So we want to hear from you. If you have a question that you'd like me to answer or a situation that you'd like me to talk about on an episode, feel free to email me anytime at kamarashania at gmail.com. That's Kamara, K-A-M-E-R-A, Shania, S-H-A-N-I-A at gmail.com.